0: Welcome to the Monkey Business Show, from cash flow to crypto, all the things you need to know to invest in the market. I'm Aaron Hodges, along with Eric Salzman and Richie Bennett. Richie Bennett coming live from Las Vegas. Yes, sir. Hasn't even gone to sleep. We got to get this thing going before the crash, but how you doing, man? How's Vegas?
1: <laughs> I'm good. Doing a lot of extensive market research, as we stated before, how the economy's going. It's a good story. Um, it's a decent story. Mm-hmm. There's some pitfalls, but we'll get into that in a second. I'm sure, but I'm doing well. Yes. I came in from the evening, didn't get a chance to, uh, shower yet or shave. And I have a teacher. Not, not my, um, normal, uh, dress up for uh, the monkey business show but
0: no it's a whole it's a whole different experience seeing you right now i mean we're gonna have to probably put out some video this week just to take advantage of how handsome you are right now because oh, thank
1: you. Thank you, i mean
0: jesus christ you look like you lost 10 years and you're just I, I don't know man i'm just astonished by how handsome and clean shaven you are right now
1: thank you thank you it must be the, it must be the Vegas lifestyle
2: well I know what it is. It's this is a so we're right now we're in the middle of Lent, right? We're kinda right smack in the middle. Yeah. So this is how Richie looks, like right around like the fourth week of Lent. No booze. Clean living. Clean living.
0: (laughs) You're not drinking at all in Vegas?
1: Not at all. Wow. And and it's funny because I think we've touched on this, but this is now year like twenty seven of me doing this. Yeah. I started in like ninety four. 95 maybe And uh, I would say I was trying to figure out I couldn't remember how, how often But of those 27 years I have probably been to, been to Vegas maybe late Teens Maybe 20 times Of the 27 years I've actually been in Vegas when I'm not on booze Which is an experience in to itself
2: Now it's you made a You made a field trip to, uh, to Samstown right? Yes, I and, did, and just I wanted to just to, I was tracking your movements by the fact that, <laughs> boy, boy Gaming's really the only big down day. Well, there's been a couple, but the real big down day was the day that you were at Samstown. So I, <laughs> I was assuming you were cleaning them out, yes. And then the yeah, day that you left Samstown, that the stock went back up.
1: This is true. This is all true, um, <laughs> and uh, a couple of our pals are here, and. Another hotel that's in the Boyd family is the Orleans Hotel, which is a Mardi Gras feeling 24-7, 365 days a year. <laughs> so they give out the beads. Every, every night they have like a parade like it's Mardi Gras, which is wonderful. Also a local's place. Well, our good pal Mikey um, hit them for countless, like countless thousands of dollars. No, no like just like buried them on the crap table. Buried them. I was thing, busy. For- I was busy betting ten dollars on a basketball game. Um, he was winning all the money in the crap.
0: <laughs> that's a game that I can't wrap my head around. Is craps?
1: So. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, and and I think he has now a lifetime pass at the Orleans if he ever wants to come back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's amazing. That's amazing. I I, w- I want to spend the whole episode just talking about Vegas right now.
1: But I can give you like the quick economic report that I've noticed if that's where we want to go.
0: Yeah, um, let's start with it
1: on monday apparently monday the 16th of march there was some edict issued that said that today monday march 16th the las vegas casinos and restaurants can go to 50% 50% capacity and i guess that's a big deal because that was the first time in a year that that was eligible i haven't noticed anything and then i when i really thought about it what they have done is they've closed a lot of the restaurants still. But the ones that are open seem to be filled to capacity. So it's kind of like I think they're going, no, no, our restaurants are 50% occupied. It just happens to be that only three of them are open and we have people everywhere in the three (laughs) restaurants, at the bar, you know, like everything. And it's the same with the casino. So like the casinos, half half the casino, the tables aren't open. There's no chips in the drawer. There's no... But over here, this side of the casino, that's open. And we have thousands of people there. But they, they do have the plexiglass, which is pretty interesting, in between people. I don't know what that does, but it does prevent, like, I don't know, germs from going side to side. On the craps table, Richard?
2: It's, they, what's that? There's plexiglass on the craps table? Yes, which is very interesting. <laughs> and and, some, <laughs> and some, to a lot of injuries. some
1: have the plexiglass slightly in the front at the crap table. So you're literally like leaning forward, trying to get your arm in, to roll the <laughs> which is like, this is another obstacle, but fun.
0: One of the things that I love about that game is the, the stick where they clear yes. it. They have yes. to, you have to put the stick in between the plexiglass and slide it. Yes.
1: It's very hard for the deal, for the dealers to <laughs> monitor the stick. That's gotta be new for them. And then, and then since we've been playing a bit, They'll have like a timeout, like a like a TV break. And you're like, what? What's going on? And some gentleman, usually the guy in the suit, which I'm impressed with, like the pit boss will come around with his like, you know, Clorox spraying a towel and like wiping everybody's space down right in the middle of the game. I'm like, all right. I feel clean and safe here. Let me keep staying (laughs) and playing and playing. Woo. Yeah, it's different. It's different. But like, you know, I've noticed a lot of, I, I think today, today is Thursday. Today is the beginning of the NCAA basketball tournament, mm-hmm. which is made for this town. Right. The, you know, because it goes all day, every day. There's a zillion games. People are betting on these things that never bet before in their lives. And it's a wonderful thing for the casino, I think, because they get people in that wouldn't normally be in. And they're like, what do you mean I can bet 10 bucks on my favorite team? What do you mean I can bet 5 bucks?" you know? So... Today, I think I'm going to go down after this and I'm going to do a little market research as well. And I think there's going to be hordes and hordes of people showing up to this big town starting today. This weekend is going to be the biggest weekend they've had in a year for sure. Like since the probably since the Super Bowl of not this one, but the past one, because so many people are pent up at home, got their stimulus checks. You know, like there are people coming in. So I would say overall it's a, it's a good it's a good vibe but which is interesting because I think people are still our our market research was correct there um, because there's still fear I think of flying or people don't want to fly or they don't want to put up with the hassle the strip casinos the hotels seem to be less populated than normal for sure but places like Samstown and the Orleans and the locals places, as we thought, if you can get in a car and get there to your favorite place, those are crowded. Those are really crowded. Like they're, they're They are going like they had the um, they had a couple of basketball tournaments. I don't think I think they allowed fans like friends and family, but <clears throat> they've had some conference basketball tournaments uh, the last two weeks in Vegas. Like there were three going on at once in various arenas. Around the city, and uh, it was you know there were a lot of folks. There were there. There's a buzz. There's definitely a buzz.
2: Did, um Richie, remember a few, a few episodes back was the national cornhole championship this week? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I don't know, but I think it's coming. It, it's a, this is a good town for that. Yeah.
0: Yep. You mentioned the stimulus. There's another casino that's uh, getting in on the ground floor <laughs> of attracting new customers with the stimulus package. Eric, you want to tell us about that one?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, you know. Robinhood is just the gift that keeps giving, and um, so yesterday they announced that uh, that and they they said that if you put if you open up an account at Robinhood, you can get anywhere from ten bucks to I think a decent chunk if you put if you open it up to fifteen thousand bucks, you get they're giving you they're giving you bonus points, bonus dollars to open up a new account. And of course, everybody—or or I'm sorry—just to put money into your accounts. Even if you're an account holder, if you put more money into the account, you get you get your bonus. And of course, everyone's like, uh, "Yeah, that seems to be timed pretty well with these stimulus checks that are going out, or, or as the as the kids call them, the, the stimmy." Uh, that I guess the ones that aren't being put on, uh, you know, um, <laughs> North Carolina plus eight are going to be um, are, are going to go into the, to Robinhood and into the market. And of course, Robinhood um, denied this. It's just a coincidence. You know, I just, that, that's not what they're all about. This is just We do this, we do this all the time. So I told Richie, and what, did, and, what, and what did you say, Richie?
1: This is exactly like what they do at the casinos, <laughs> where for years and years, if you went in, it's a wonderful system because it's, it's all locals. So if you're a local guy working in a construction place, at, let's say, in Vegas... And you go to one of these local casinos and you cash your paycheck, they will give you a 10 percent bonus on top of your paycheck, which is whoever came up with that idea. They should have a trophy or a, you know, a statue to that person in marketing world, because think about it. Right. The, the, the casino doesn't care because they know that it's got to be a local thing. You can't just be like, hey, I work in Iowa and uh, <laughs> this is my this is my company check. No, they have to know who the company is. But they know it, they know the check is real. It's not going to bounce, right? They give the person 10% of their money. They got their whole paycheck in cash sitting in their pockets now on payday. Like, what can go wrong, right? Like, it's <laughs> fabulous. And this is exactly what Robin has done. doing. It's exactly right. what it is. It's, it's like, put your stimmy check in, and we'll honor that baby because we love you guys, and
2: we'll give you a bonus. Well, if you put your stimmy check in yesterday... Um, you're in trouble. <laughs> so, the timing, the timing hasn't yeah. worked. So, as we've been saying a lot, you know, over and over, episode after episode, that you got you got to watch interest rates. Well, as we spoke of last time, last week they they were rising, and the ten year was over. Ten year Treasury was over one point five percent, which is the highest it had been in you know in, in almost a year. Um, certainly, the high since the pandemic when it got as low as half a percent. Well. Yesterday was the big, um, it's called the Federal Open Market Committee meeting that the Fed does every six weeks. And the market was kind of hoping that Chairman Powell would come out of the statement, which comes. So the statement comes out at two o'clock New York time. And that's a written statement. And immediately people parse it and see what the, you know, parse it for information, what the Fed's thinking which I always find ridiculous because now you could you could tell literally the machines the al- the algorithmic things are just they they could scan the entire de- text they're looking for keywords and key phrases and then and they just start trading, which is crazy because then a half an hour later Powell will come out and do a press conference and he can say something completely different and everybody that went one way is all of a sudden going the other way. But anyway, so I think what the market was hoping was that Powell would recognize that. that there's inflation, that inflation's coming because the the economic environment is starting to look better and better um, as they look into the near future. And I think they were hoping that he would say something like he's not getting, he's getting uncomfortable with with rates going up, with longer-term rates going up, because that makes mortgage rates go up, that makes corporate borrowing rates go up, makes municipal bond yields go up, um, and that maybe the Fed was going to, you know, has the tools to deal with that. Maybe give that a nod. Didn't give, didn't either one. He said inflation right now, he's not worried about it. He thinks that we could certainly have a, a few good quarters or quarters where there is a relatively high level of inflation, but it's, he said it's, it's transitory and he's not, the Fed is not going to do anything on the, on, the, on that side of the equation to raise rates on the short end of the yield curve to kind of stamp out inflation. And he was asked if he's okay with rates doing what they're doing, yields to what they're doing. And he said, yeah, this is what, you know, basically this is what the market's supposed to do. We're actually seeing a market functioning the way it's supposed to for the first time in, you know, since 2007. So bond market puked yesterday. Well, it kind of retched a little bit. It kind of over the bowl and retched and a little bit, you know, that little first little bit comes out. And then last (laughs) night and this morning, it is just Fucking puking! All it's missed. It missed the bowl. It's like, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the ten year. The ten year treasury is down. Uh, now you're at like, one seventy four, one seventy five percent on the ten year, um, and the long bond, the thirty year, is it hit two fifty this morning. So last week, at remember we talked about the treasury auction. So last week, if you bought the ten year, which we said was a conceive it was a pretty good auction. It's down. It's down over two points right now. So that's two percent. So you you can lose. Uh, you know, that that that's the non-risk free uh, portion of it. Is that if ra- it has what's called duration, and if rates go up, the prices go down. And ha- the lo- the longer the bond is, the more the that that duration impact is. Um,
1: and that that's an important point because I think a lot of people when they buy bonds, right. They just expect, okay, I just clipped my coupon, I get bond interest payments, and this is all fun. When you drop 2% in a week in a bond investment, now you're like, what the hell is going on? I saw too. I didn't read the the piece, but I saw a headline (laughs) that uh, Ray Dalio, one of the biggest uh, hedge fund managers there is in the world, he like flat out said, like, investing in bonds right now is stupid. Stupid. Use the word stupid. And, and remember, too, a lot of a lot of these places, you know, for a long time, the gold standard, if you will, of investing was 60 percent of your portfolio in equities stocks, 40 percent in bonds. And the idea behind that was if your stocks go up, usually your bonds go down. But if your bonds go up, your stocks are down in protection. This is like on a day like today, if you are like somewhat invested in bonds and you're somewhat invested in tech stocks, you get the old double whammy, which is not the good double whammy. Everything's going down in your portfolio.
2: Yeah, let's see how Kathy Woods' ARC is doing today. Oh, dear. So ARC is the, you uh, know, we talked about this last week. So ARC is, this is the biggest ETF out there, you know, the most popular one. And it, it all, the entire portfolio, the, the biggest, biggest part of the portfolio is Tesla. We'll get to that in a minute. Richie, Richie had some very, uh, very precise insight in that last week. That's now coming true. Yeah, um, yeah so that's down 3.5% today. So, and that thing's down 25% from its high um, in the middle of February. So the tech stocks, the high-flying tech stocks, especially these disruptors that, don't ma- that right now don't make any money, um, are getting smacked around quite a bit. The NASDAQ is down right now. The Nasdaq is off one and a half percent. So think about it. Right now, what Richie just said: if if your investments are forty percent bonds and sixty percent stocks, and you really overweighted the Nasdaq over like the the boring stuff, like the value, the banks and the the energy companies and the 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 ones that make money and pay dividends, you get you get hammered on both sides. So this is uh yeah, this is uh not good, not not good.
0: I just want to say, when you said, oh, dear, it sounded a little bit like that character Rohit, who is now uh, my little brother's favorite monkey business personality. He really enjoyed that interview, and especially Rohit.
2: (laughs) We got to bring that guy back.
0: I think so. But uh, before we move on from Powell and the Fed, I want to play a clip that I pulled from his news conference. Uh, He was talking about 2% inflation. I want to ask you guys, like, why is 2% the magic number?
3: The median inflation projection of FOMC participants is 2.4 percent this year and declines to 2 percent next year before moving back up by the end of 2023. The Fed's response to this crisis has been guided by our mandate to promote maximum employment and stable prices for the American people, along with our responsibilities to promote the financial- the stability of the financial system. As we say in our statement on longer-run goals and monetary policy strategy, We view maximum employment as a broad-based and inclusive goal. Our ability to achieve maximum employment in the years ahead depends importantly on having longer-term inflation expectations well anchored at 2 percent. As the Committee reiterated in today's policy statement, with inflation running persistently below 2 percent, we will aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2 percent for some time so that inflation averages 2 percent over time and longer term inflation expectations remain well anchored at
0: 2%. Why is 2% the magic number?
2: Well, I mean, I think that over time that's been the study. Remember, in inflation like a like a 2% inflation number is actually a good number. Inflation is not always bad. A certain level of it and and I guess economists and the, and the Fed and and you know People think that 2% is the right rate where, remember, when they when there's a bit of inflation, you, oh, I want to buy that today because it's probably going to be worth, it's probably going to cost me, let's say, 2% more a year from now. So I'm going to buy that today. Um, it allows workers to ask for higher wages and get them because the economy, the economy is moving. Now you think about it that the key is to get people to be buying things. And one of the cycles. So if you think things are going to be not not crazy, but you think things are going to be more expensive, then you may get your wage rise and you also will buy that product. So it kind of becomes this you know, virtuous, virtuous cycle. The economy grows, uh, the economy grows. Also remember everyone, you know, people, are generally uh, debtors in this country. Um, so a lot of people, whether it's your mortgage, whether, well, if inflation is 2%, inflation means that the value of the money you owe is going, is it, it's, it's getting, so if I owe money and now it's the money gets cheaper a year from now, right, because inflation up 2%, I owe a little less. And that's why they charge. And, and so everything's kind of in line with the interest rates that they charge. us, so long-term interest rates. Should match inflation, so everything's kind of everything's kind of cool, because what you don't want is no inflation or, or deflation. Now, deflation is the opposite. Deflation is like I'm not buying that today because it's going to be cheaper tomorrow, and that that slams. It. Usually, the economy's already gotten slammed when you hit deflation. Like the Japanese have been in a deflationary environment for a, for most of the last 30, 30 years, I think. 30, right? 30, 33 30 years. 35. Yeah, and they, you know, and, and so it kind of creates this spiral and the, and the economy stagnates. Wages um, don't go up. Go ahead,
1: Richard. Sorry. It, I was just going to say, and sometimes that might sound weird, right? Like, oh, shit, I want prices to drop. That's cool. Like, I can buy this for less. Come on. But, but that, means, <clears throat> that means you're not able to go ask for a raise for your, from your boss. You're probably going to get cut on your on your salary you you're not able to uh sit there and say hey things are, prices are going up uh look at my house my house is going up a lot of times that means the price of your house is going down now so mm-hmm. you're not going to sell that right away and the economy is usually in
2: really shit shape if there's deflation right now inflation, now so let's let's think about the the specter of inflation from the sixties and the set and really all through the nineteen seventies um, and in the early eighties. That was when inflation was so when inflation gets to like four or five percent. And 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 we're not talking about like what Powell was talking about was transitory. Like there's gonna be we may hit some big numbers in, in the third or fourth quarter, maybe the first quarter of next year, inflation type numbers, but that's because you know, yeah, all of a sudden you, you went from the economy being stop cold to starting up, you know, idling and starting up and and all of a sudden, boom, if it goes full speed ahead, there's going to be a lot of inf- inflationary pressures in the supply chain and, you know, the, the, the whole bit. Now, what happened in the 60s and the 70s is that it becomes a mindset where inflation goes high enough where everyone is like, I can't, my my wages aren't keeping up with, the uh, with the price the price of goods that I need to buy every day that I need to survive on right so I'm gonna go to my boss and I'm gonna ask for a, a I'm gonna ask for a, a wage hike because because I, I need to keep I need to keep my wages in line with with the cost of living and what generally starts happening is you there's a, there's the loss of confidence in the in the current in your currency in the dollar or whatever country this it happens to be in in our case the dollar Um and it just creates this environment that you just don't know. You just know tomorrow everything's going to cost more. Um, and eventually it gets the economy. It, it, once that, it's, it's like a psychological mindset that once it gets into people's heads, it's very hard to exercise and get it out. And the only way that it really got stamped out in this country is when, when Paul Volcker became the, the chairman of the Federal Reserve in 1979. And he just said, we're wiping the shit out and he raised rates up to like, his policy rate. I think went up to like 18%. Um, I from, think long-term treasury where? rates went to like mortgage rates were over 20%. It
0: went to 18 and it, from where, where was it before that?
2: Well, it probably was like six or seven. So like the rates you see now never, never existed before in this country until 2008, the super low rates. But, and what yes, happened like, there a, as
0: a result of raising it to 18, what
2: happened? Massive recession. Like he, did, the, the the country went through a number of recessions. And remember, at the same time that because what happened was the economy was overheating, the Federal Reserve before Volcker was 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 basically feeding the fire because what you had in the sixties was you, you that you were paying for the Vietnam War and you were paying for a lot of social programs at the same at the same time, and that created inflation. Um, and, a lot, and then also on top of it, you remember you had these supply shocks. All of a sudden, OPEC got together in 73, and that was the first oil embargo against the United States and, and, and the West. And so the price of everything that's dependent on oil and you know, petroleum-based products went through the roof. And we had gas lines and, and gas rationing where you had A-Day and B-Day where you could actually go fill up. And I remember standing in line with my dad. You know, we, we we walked with 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 jerry cans. We stood in line for an hour to get to fill up the jerry cans with gas because he didn't want your car running while you're in line because then you'd be you'd be you'd be wasting gas. Um, <laughs> jerry can? I've never heard of that. <laughs> uh, it's a big five, to five gallon jug that you get. Your five gallon gas. jug. Yeah. I don't but know. Basically, why a gas
0: it. a gas can.
2: Yeah. Why, well, can we, yeah. why
0: do we call it a jerry right. can?
2: It's I'm probably, probably something you're derogatory in World <laughs> War II or something. I'm not sure, what they call it. German Jerry. I don't know. But anyway, and then 1979, you had the hostage crisis, and that's when the Iranian—that's uh, it. Well, actually, there was the before the crisis when when um, when the revolution happened in Iran, because we were the guys who backed the Shah for you know since he, we put him in power in the 50s. Um, the Iranians were a huge oil producer; they shut us down as well. And so that was the sex. He had these big, in, these big supply shocks in energy plus just massive amounts of money flowing in the system you know, and, and debt to, to, to pay for government, pro, government the government spending and really to spend and to pay for the war. So that was like a 15 year period where Americans grew up expecting inflation and, and, and bad inflation. Like, you know, my, whatever I'm making today, I can't, When I go when I go to the grocery store tomorrow, everything's everything's high, and that and that's a psychological thing that it takes something like what Volker did to just stamp it out. And I'll shut up after this, but um, the you have to understand, like right now, we we have entire generations, including you, Aaron, right, that that they don't know what inflation is, like they they don't remember when this happened, so nobody really understands. Super high inflation and the damage that can cause, but you kind of understand a st- you know, stagnation and basically you know, a- an economy that doesn't grow that much and you know and uh, and and is in a low a very low inflation environment.
0: My simple understanding of inflation, I guess, could be put this way: I know that my parents paid about fifty thousand dollars for their house back in the day. Because the interest rate was something like 18% or something, whatever it was. Right. And now it's really hard to get a house for Mm $50,000. So I understand that.
1: Because keep in mind, right? Yes. The price of a home is important when you go purchase, but really what you're looking at when you price homes is the monthly payment on your mortgage. So, Funny enough, if your parents bought the house at fifty grand at eighteen percent rates, right, their monthly payment was probably similar to somebody today right. with, with a with a three percent mortgage and a three hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah. Right? So like that that goes. And the other thing that people just have to even if you take just a few things off this conversation, anytime you hear Fed raising rates, just think of like you're going down the highway about 75 miles an hour and some asshole cuts you off and you slam on the brakes, right? You slam on the brakes. And this is what Volcker did, what Eric was talking about. He slammed on the brakes, on everything. So what is interesting is I just saw, I think it was the fastest move. The Dow Jones Industrial hit 33,000 yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was the fastest move of a thousand points in the history of the markets. So the time it took from thirty-two thousand to thirty-three thousand was like a you know a couple weeks or something, you know, three weeks, a month, something like that, one month to go a thousand. Now percentage-wise, it's not that huge, right? It's three percent or whatever, but it's still it's a big deal. People used to make big deals about. Thousand point moves. So the period Eric was talking about, talking about breaks on the economy and things and like the markets, 60s, 70s, early 80s. The Dow Jones was at a thousand, I think, on December something, 1966. Okay, 1966. You want to take a guess when it got above a thousand again? 1982.
0: Wow, when I was born.
1: So for all you stock jockeys out there who are like, dude, we make new highs every day, bro. Every day. (laughs) Like people that we knew from growing up, like let's say like the baby boomers now or what have you. The people that were of age, say in their 20s, in the early 60s to early 80s, they grew up in a market that didn't move for years. It was dead money, stocks. So, so if you start getting a federal reserve that is worried about inflation and they're not right now, I get it. But like Eric said, like once the genie is out of the bottle of that inflation, it's really hard to get it back in Mm -hmm. because everybody's mindset is that way. And the only way you get it back in is to raise rates. That's the only way the Fed can do it. And look what happens. So then there's another shit show everywhere else.
2: Yeah, we don't realize. Yeah, like, like I mean, back in the '70s, and, and you're talking about a Republican president, Richard Nixon. They had wage and price controls. The government basically put in wage and price controls.
0: That's socialism, um, Eric.
2: Yeah, well, I got like I said. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like you know uh, you know George McGovern got elected and, and did that. It was it was it was Richard Nixon. They were they could not figure out. And then Gerald Ford. You remember? Uh, well, you would not remember. It's whip whip. Yeah, win. And he, he had these buttons. They said give out these buttons, and it was whip it, whip inflation now. That was the that, that that was the government's response to trying to stop inflation was to hand out hand out buttons for you to wear. Um, so yeah, like Richie said, once that's out, it could take you know it could take a decade to get it a decade of a lot of pain to get it back. Yeah, and stocks they don't like they don't like it they don't like high rates and they don't like inflation, and that's 100 percent true. Right.
0: So, I mean, it, just to wrap this up, can we maybe say that stocks is where the inflation is happening right now, the price of stocks? Yep.
2: Absolutely. That, that's been, when we've, when we've talked about that, right, is that there's inflation in this country. It's just been financial asset inflation. And that is where, and that's because of what the Fed and the other big central banks in the world have done since the, uh, the crisis in 2007, 2008.
0: Is there a correction coming?
2: God, so at some point, you know, I mean, we—you'd be—you'd be down a lot of money every time you thought the correction was coming, and then it, <laughs> yeah, it didn't. Right. Um, but
1: my yeah, like I, the old the old saying is don't fight the Fed, right? So if the Fed is talking like they did yesterday, right, you can yeah. you can bet your bottom dollar it's not going down a lot, right, for a long period of time. Because if it goes down like today is a bad day, right? Say for example, it gets real nasty. And, uh, you know, any day to pick today, but say tomorrow is also worse. There's nothing stopping Powell from coming out and saying something to like yeah. help the markets. You know what I mean? Like he could be like, look, we're monitoring the situation. You know, don't, don't be afraid of the guy behind the curtain, like the whole yeah. bit. Like, and, and that could give a boost, right? That's what people are looking for. They call that so like, in that, in that mode, which he is, mm-hmm. um, it, it can't go down a ton, but, he seems to think like it's okay. Like I, he comes from a financial background, pal, and he has a lot of pals in the old banking business. And we've talked about it before. Like as longer-term interest rates, 10-year note, 30-year note, go higher, right? The yields go higher. And he's able to keep – that's one thing he can control for sure is the short-term interest rates. If he keeps them very low, and the yields on the 10- and 30-year continue to go higher. That's what we call a positively sloped yield curve from zero to 30 years, zero overnight to 30 years. That is a license for banks to print money because they borrow short term and they lend long term like a mortgage, right? So they just pile in the dough. And if you look today, not all is bad in the markets. The banking stocks happen to be doing very well because of that phenomenon. They're looking at that going all right, he's going to let these rates go. Maybe he's got friends in the banking community that want to spruce up their balance sheets. And we've been saying that forever now. And we're still long. Bank stocks, right? Nice and boring. And they're they're going up. Nice and boring in my pocket. Thank you.
0: Let's pivot to Volkswagen. What's going on with Volkswagen and electric cars? Uh, Last week, we touched on it a little bit. Richie, you were saying, you know, watch out. Tesla and all these other competitors, Volkswagen's really in the game now. So what's going on now?
1: Yeah, I saw a funny uh, statement that said um, if Tesla is the Apple of electric cars, then Volkswagen wants to be the Samsung, which is pretty funny, right? Uh, What people don't realize in this country is the biggest producer of uh, cell phones is Samsung, not Apple. So people... Just need to keep that in mind. But, um, yeah, they're going after them. Volkswagen has now said they're creating 14 plants or investing in 14 different plants around the world to make uh, batteries, you know, electric batteries for cars. They're like, you know, they they have so much dough behind them, so much research, (coughs) and they're going to be a formidable competitor. I mean, you know, like the running joke a lot of times, even today with Tesla increasing their uh, production. Like if you want to go buy an electric car, Tesla, you got to wait for, right? Pretty much. If you want like the, the one, there's so many dealers of that, you know, of, right? That's it Ford, GM, the big guys, right? Chevrolet is part of GM. You can walk into a lot right now buy an electric car. Doesn't have to be a Tesla. right? right? doesn't, you can get a Prius, you can get a, what do they call it, a Volt, from Chevy that you, you can just walk in Volkswagen's now online with a bunch of them. And, you know, people love that Tesla idea and all that. But if, if it is it Tesla that they really want, or do they want an electric car?
2: Right. Cause the yeah. electric
1: car is ready. You can have it right now. It's not, maybe it's not cool. It's, it's not as cool as a Tesla, but I guarantee you if if, BM, if, if BMW wants to get down and Volkswagen want, want to get down on like, Using their existing models that they know and love, people know and love, and make them electric. Why not, right?
2: Yeah, like those, they, those uh, SUVs, like shit. I'll, I'll get an electric SUV today. Yeah, they. Um, so yeah, so Volkswagen came out and they they have a, a, a contract now to buy fourteen billion dollars worth of batter of, of, of batteries. Um, the, I didn't know was a Tesla opened up a uh, basically opened up a plant right outside Berlin and. Yeah. Yeah, I think the you know the z- z- Germans—they're not good with people, <coughs> but they're good with machines.
0: Strong and impressions. I strong think impressions.
2: that I think that yeah. I mean, VW B- said, "Oh yeah, what? How about this?" And now we're going to put that right in your mush. And they said that by 2025 they will be the largest uh, deal, the largest car maker of uh, maker of electric vehicles. Um, and like Richie, Richie has been saying this since we started with Tesla. That's great. Electric cars, like, are, you, are they the only ones who are going to make them? Like, I don't hear the big three. I don't hear Toyota, Nissan, Honda. I don't hear any of the Korean. I don't hear any. I don't hear BMW, Mercedes. Like, they're not gonna. They're just going to stand by and, and make a, 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 you know, what what becomes an equivalent of a, of a horse and buggy while you know while while these guys make the make the car. No. And interestingly enough, so there was an article in the Wall Street Journal this week. Um, Earlier this week, and it um, it talked about how all of these electronic electric vehicle makers, the EV, the EV play, the Lucids, and the there's another one that's in the, in the news today. Camera, I lose track of all of
1: them. Neo, NIO, yeah. There's a uh, uh, XP
2: yeah. They're Chinese companies. I should probably know these things before I come on the show, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but they. The the re- the revenues that they say they are going to make. I'm talking all these guys, like and a bunch of them are in Spacs and you know all the crap. They say that they're going to get the ten billion dollars in revenues individually, not altogether. Faster than Google got to them, I think mm-hmm. it took Google over four years to get the ten billion in revenue. These guys, are, or maybe five, and these guys, these guys all say independently that they're gonna get their valuations rely on them getting to that revenue in five years and you know what was interesting about the article did not mention one major current auto dealer or, or automotive maker in the world none didn't mention any of the Germans any of the any of the big three didn't mention any of the Japanese it just talked about these these companies that But for, you know, like with the Nikola, you know, the electric truck with it, they're just pushing it down the hill on a, on a demo and showing you that it runs. So, I mean, when you think about how much of the investment world is pinned on this electric vehicle, I mean, Tesla's valuation is like that they will be the product, they will be the only electric car maker um, and, and, and everyone else will go out of business and the world will be converting to all electric vehicles, by next year or the year after, like that—that's literally what has to happen for Tesla to go from. We are almost at the an anniversary of the low for Tesla, which was seventy-two. Where's it now? Six eighty, mm. like eight hundred. Like uh, you know, that's that's in a year, seventy-two to six eighty.
1: For a large for a large company, right? Like a lower, it's not a small penny stock.
0: It's a Bitcoin company now, though. So what are we that's true
2: talking? bitcoin's been doing well
0: we're, and, and richie i just gotta i gotta take an issue with something you said we're about a month away from cruising the strip season down here in seaside so i'm gonna do that with the windows down in my prius bumping cassius <laughs> cuvee so you tell me that's not cool all right <laughs> you tell me that's not cool
1: it's very cool what are uh, you gonna, are you gonna be wearing your sunglasses
0: what are you going to wear? Oh, most definitely, most definitely, probably uh, glasses. Maybe a fly hat, some sort of hat. Definitely some that's kind right. of some kind of. Uh, I guess can I even call them wife beaters anymore? I mean that's.
1: Well, oh, that's that's not a PC.
0: Yeah, I better be but, careful um, there.
1: But I will add to this, which I might go and shop for, being the fashion mogul that I am. The baggy <laughs> jeans Ooh. Are coming back, not the skinny jeans, which I did not purchase. I miss that whole 20-year thing of skinny jeans. I remember reading an article about some guy in skinny jeans who said he had to, like, every time he sat down, he had to pull his calf. The the jeans were, like, too tight on his calf. Oh, yeah. And this was was a skinny guy. Oh, yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm not that skinny guy. I'm not going to. But I'm not even talking bell bottoms. I saw a picture of these jeans. They look like burlap bags on your body. (laughs) And and they said that it, it has to do with the relaxing... Of everybody that there's, there might be some end in sight in the coronavirus. So I think you better, uh, especially on like the cooler nights, Aaron, yeah, when you're yeah. really cruising, mm-hmm. playing your tunes. Yeah, yeah. you got to be wearing those baggy jeans and you get out at like the hot dog stand mm-hmm. and the ladies are going to be like, yo,
0: who's that guy? <laughs> I'm going to Midway Steaks, bro. I'm posting up Midway <laughs> Steaks, talking about my Prius. Um, maybe you're familiar with Janko's? Yeah. Those are super baggy. So maybe I'll, yeah. maybe I'll get yeah, a pair of those. Those are going to come
2: back. Are they a public company? We have to check on that.
0: I don't know. But everybody's fat. No one wants to go out skinny jeans right now. Well, that's oh. what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, is that is that the drive that we've been on? I think so. Yeah, everyone's put on yeah, a yeah, few I, pair think, of I think people have put on their
1: Corona 15
2: or 20.
0: For sure. <laughs> uh, so there's a... Hey. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Rick.
2: Oh, just one quick, another funny I wanted to cover. Uh, the the Greens Hill. Um, you remember we were talking about that last week. That uh, You know, they... They took a a business model that has been around for you know hundreds of years and somehow sexed it up and sold it all over the world. And um, this is that a uh, supply financing chain where they basically they they basically uh, lend money to companies to cover their accounts their accounts payable, and then just the same thing that banks have been doing for forever. Um, and somehow, as always happens, they took this business model and. Somehow created it as like some sexed up type you know-ish uh, thing that everybody everybody had to get involved, and now it's completely blowing up because it, you know they, they, they reached way too far, made a lot of the bad loans, probably the insurance companies that were backing the loans are backed off now, so it, it's all unraveling now. And so there was a funny article, I, mean, I think it's funny. Um, so Lex <laughs> Greenfield he's the, he's the guy. And it turned out in 2019 that Lex. Cashed out. Lex got two hundred million dollars from the modern day. We last week, you remember, we talked about the modern day Brewster's millions. Matsuyama San from SoftBank. Sure, that's where he got his money from. He sold his. He sold a big stake of it into SoftBank in two thousand nineteen, and he cashed out. So now did
1: he have to? Did he have to disclose that to uh, Mister Sun? Like, uh, thanks for the thanks for the loan, buddy, or the or the backing. But I'm going to put two hundred million of this. This money right into my pocket right now. Is that good with you? Did he have to say that?
2: You know what? He did not. He did <laughs> not have to. He did not. Nobody. He does not have a personal guarantee or anything. He just he took it. He took it, and SoftBank was happy to give it to him. So I said that this guy, that company. I mean, I think the reason why they are as big as they are is they 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 did invest in Alibaba. I think they were the ones who created Alibaba, the the um, the Amazon of China, and that's where their money comes from and this guy has been racing around the world trying as fast as he can to get rid of all that money and end up with with absolutely nothing at the end of it. So I thought that was kind of humorous that uh, that even as, as everything falls apart and Lex has to go back and probably restart it three years from now and call it something else, he's got at least another 200 million dollars in his pocket which will enable him to keep the four, not three, not two, but four private jets that he has. Um he Who's be able to keep those.
0: I mean, he's a victim of birth name. I mean, if someone's going to name their kid Lex, that kid is destined to be a villain. Yeah. (laughs) He
1: had to go down that path.
0: It might as well lean into it a little bit. So, Um, one other thing I I did want to mention is that today there's a bill being introduced, reintroduced into Congress for marijuana banking. So it's something that we talked about a few episodes with, with Zach and the, the troubles of marijuana companies being able to work with banks because of you know federal laws and staying away from it. So it looks like it's a possibility that this has already passed in the House and wasn't taken up in the Senate, probably because of Mitch the Knife. Um, but it's a possibility that there is a, a law passed this year that'll make it easier for marijuana companies to deal with
2: banks. Hmm. Interesting. You know, it's funny, um, with, I mean, I think Zach's onto something really, really good. And like, like we said, you know, even if the banks do get involved, um, they're going to have to turn to Mr. Pace and his friends to, to teach them how the how all the financing works and how the market works. So I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be big. Um, it's funny. So there's a credit union in, um, in Colorado. And they're, they're, they're not a federally chartered credit union. Because federal charter, if you have a federal charter, you can't, you can't engage and you, you can't take marijuana money. But if you're a state charter in Colorado, they allow it. They, so, so there's one credit union that does a lot of this. And I follow them on LinkedIn. With the, the, on LinkedIn, You know, I met the CEO a few times. She's a really cool lady. Of course, she has to be you know, being in the weed financing business. Yeah,
0: not necessarily.
2: <laughs> they're branching out. I, I almost fell off my chair. She she announces that she's going to step aside as CEO because they have a they have a what's called the credit. It's called a CUSO, which is basically a credit union that teams up with another business and they can do kind of non credit union type things. It's like an acronym CUSO, and credit union is the first two letters, and I I think it's credit union service organization. They're going to be involved in not only weed financing, but they're going to be branching out to to psychedelic mushrooms. (laughs) Whoa, whoa! Diversification
1: of the business.
2: Diversifying. I thought that was I I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that she's uh, they they've already got the 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 smoking market, the edible market, and then yeah, onto psychedelic mushrooms and and something else.
0: Richie, you're doing uh, market research on that out in Vegas, right?
2: Yeah.
1: um, Also, market research, which was on like. (laughs) I was used, I like to use the word like A13 or A14 that has to do with the old school newspapers, right? Like
0: uh-huh.
1: a, back in the old, old school, it was like page one. Right. right. It was the front page. But now like many, you know, for those who have read an actual paper newspaper lately, they have sections usually like A section, B section, C section. So I used to use like A14 as like a number, which is basically like in the newspaper, but well, like in the back.
3: It's like towards the back. So like yeah. most
1: people might not read it if you're not reading the whole thing. But right. it's in there, right? Yeah. This is news. So we talked a couple weeks ago about Bank of New York Mellon, which is one of the biggest clearing custodian firms in the world. It is the biggest, I think. And how they, interestingly enough, started accepting Bitcoin and crypto mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, to settle trades. And, and they're... Of, so yesterday, I think two days ago, maybe on page A fourteen, it wasn't A fourteen, but it, think about that—it's in the back of the newspaper. It stated how Bank of New York has invested in one of the cryptocurrency companies, and I was like, okay, that's that's why, and that's so it was nice for them to come out and say they are accepting the crypto as you know currency, but we're also going to be playing on the front end of the line too by having our cake and eating it too. Yeah. That's, that's nice. But, but, you know, people are getting into it and, you know, if it's a business that seems to drive a lot of uh, interest, why not? (coughs) I mean, I I drove by a couple of uh, dispensaries here in Nevada doing my market research. I don't have any uh, cards or anything, so I can't get there. But you look at some of the cats that are in front, like, it's (laughs) not like, like, you, you would think like, all right, medical marijuana, you know, what have you, like, you're looking for like, Maybe older folks, a little thin, you know, frail. Nah, these these guys are like coming out of their cars with the lights blaring, the, the music pumping, there's a line, nobody's got a mask on. I'm like, this is this is awesome. Like this is like like you know, they got somebody to sign a you know paper that got them the medical card, and that's all that's gonna go on. And then soon it'll just be like, nah, anybody can come. You know, it doesn't matter, you don't need it. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Let's get the credit card thing going or
2: other forms of payment. Yeah, right. Yeah, off to the races. Yep. I was thinking about, you know, I was, I was thinking about Tesla, kind of what we were talking about. And, you know, just like crypto, like Kevin Daugherty said, is, a, is it's not going to be the currency, but it's going to be a store of value like gold. And I'm really starting to think, I'm being serious, that, that people are looking at Tesla and maybe they're looking at it right. It's like it, Tesla is a store of value whether they make cars or whatever it is you're with what many people consider to be the the Thomas Edison of, you know, of of the, of of the 21st century. So good things can happen even if, you know, uh, even if um, Tesla doesn't meet its goals with cars and stuff, I think people still want to own that, that it it ain't going back to 72. um, I guess what I'm saying. So, you know, there, there, there could very well be a floor under Tesla. I don't know where it is, but maybe it's, you know, 30% lower or something like that. But that means that, okay, that's, that's where your money's going for an EV play. You know, that, that's where you're going to put it because you have, you have Elon Musk kind of behind it where the other ones are just, you know, who, the hell, who the hell are these guys? Um, so just, just a thought there. But, um, I think that, I think to some degree, that's how a lot of people in the market look at Tesla. Just it's, it's another store It's a store of value. Mm -hmm. The moment we've all been waiting for Richie's
0: picks. Yeah. Um, as many of you who follow
1: know, um, and if you've written them down and acted on them, we are, uh, the technical term I think I like to use is fucking killing it. Yeah. That's, that's the technical term. Um, that's still going on as we speak. Um, it got a little hairy last week, as we discussed with the shorting of the tech stocks um, in the portfolio. But now it's looking uh, more and more fun again, keeping the stocks. And again, right, That that's an important point. Not saying the market is bad, but saying certain sectors of the market are bad and certain are good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Banks, energy, good. Um, infrastructure play, good. So uh, we're going to keep what we have on. Why mess with a good thing? Let it ride. I'll let you know when we're taking profits or moving on. But right now, no. Um, But there was one that I've always kind of like looked at, and I missed like a nice move, and it's kind of a different thing. But uh, Stamps.com. And like it's always intrigued me. Like what the hell goes on with Stamps.com? Like they have a commercial all the time, these guys who like, I don't know, they run some sort of, like, beard uh, maintenance company, like, maintain, maintain your beard. And, like, it's a pretty good commercial. Like, they talk about how – like, and, and it's funny because they they don't – I don't think they call it stamps.com in the commercial, but it's that company that owns it. And it's basically, like, they can do their own packaging and stamping of their packaging oh, in-house. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's dealing with the post office. It's a program through the United States Post Office where you get these, you know – machines like they have in the post office and they lead with that, which is awesome because nobody, the DMV and the post office are like going to the dentist for root canal, right? Like nobody wants to do that shit. And so this is a beautiful example. Like you got some shipping to go and like, I guess you just press a button on the machine and whoever it is knows that you've created this stamp and they just charge your card or what have you. And everything's good. And you send like somebody to the post office, probably not even. They probably just come pick it up in your store. So the guy goes on about how it saves time, saves money. Like they don't have to worry about, you know, this and that. They could just boom. So S as in Sam, T as in Tom, M as in Mary, P as in Paul is the stock of the week at uh, I ILikeStamps.com.
2: Can we talk about the stock of the week last week? Sure. SIFCO Industries, SIF. You made that call on Thursday morning. Last Thursday morning. Is up thirty one percent. That's good. Um, straight, and I and that's what we we, we Richie and I are wondering. Maybe you know people people starting to you know get involved get on the uh, get on the monkey business train because yeah we might be the new Wall Street Reddit. Uh, is are are we the new influencer? It's the monkey bump. I mean, there was no news. Like it just went up. It was you know sitting around ten eighty whatever, and it freaking went to what did it go? I think it went to twelve? Oh, it's now uh, it's in like fourteen uh, now to fourteen and almost 14 and a half. Aaron and I were kicking us so we were writing back and forth because we were, I mean, I literally went to do it and I'm like, Oh shit, <laughs> it's already up. But some of your picks, like I said, Oh shit, I'm, I, I missed it. And then they like, I remember PCE was that one other one, the, uh, the energy company. I, I, I got involved. There was no news. It went up like 25% in like three days when I see no news and I don't know why it's going up and oil was actually going down. And I was like, all right, I'm taking profits. That thing is up what now? It's got to be up uh, 60% from where, where you made the call? I, yeah, and I, I have, um, this is Callen Petroleum. Yeah. I have some
1: call options. This is how crazy it is. And I tend to buy call options. That's, we can do another day for teaching on how to trade call
0: options. Yes, please. But, but
1: <laughs> um, the strike price, which is the, the price at which you get the option to buy the stock right in a call, so I bought these calls a while back and I usually buy them what they call close to the money. So I buy the strike at close to wherever the stock price is trading at the time. So I have April expiration. So next month calls on CPE. The strike price of those options is eight, eight dollars. So whenever I bought that, I think it was October, probably <laughs> n- November. The stock was trading around $8, okay, when I bought these call options. The stock is now at about $40. 40. Yeah. So those options that I paid, I paid like a buck and change for those options. I've been selling some over time, but I still have some. You know, just to trim the tree, we call it. You know, take profits, have a nice day, come fight again in the morning. It's hard to go broke making money. That's that's <laughs> a good that's a good corollary. Um the the options are now worth thirty two bucks, right? Thirty two ish, something like that. When Pay do an they what an Pay a buck for, buck and a half, something like that.
2: When do they expire?
1: Uh, next month. I guess it doesn't. Yeah, next month. So you know, it, it, if you're right, it's great. And and this is just a small little petroleum company in Texas. And we just caught it right, and I I'm shocked. It's still small. I mean, it's it's bigger now, obviously at $40, but I'm shocked that nobody's actually bought them. Like, Mer- try to buy them out because they do make money and, like, they're established and they're not huge, huge, so some other big oil company could just come in and, like, be like, I- I- we like what those guys do. That's you, just fine.
2: You probably screwed over Exxon and one of the big guys, right? Because they probably wanted to come in and buy them at 8 <coughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Maybe take them at $15 and another at 40 <laughs> now, now they're at 40 It's like, screw it.
0: Too expensive now.
2: Yeah, now it sucks. Nice, yeah. nice, Richie.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, good, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Are you going to keep the hot streak going? Are you putting any money down on the tournament?
2: Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I got to study. I got to study today. Okay. Today starts the uh, right. first. There's four games. Uh huh. Um, but I, I like that guy. Uh, maybe he can be a sponsor someday. That everybody seems to be on him. Uh, Ken Pomeroy. He does like um He's like a geeky uh, stats guy. I like that. Uh, so he takes like the, 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 uh, emotions out of the, out of the game. So he ranks the teams based on like their offense efficiency and their defense efficiency. And it's pretty interesting. Like he's not, he's not predicting every game. Right. But what he does do is like ranks these, all the teams. So there's 350 college basketball teams in division one. So he has a ranking of all one through 350 and, uh, What I like to look at in his list, and it's Ken k e n p o m dot com, Ken Palm. When you hit that website, the first thing that comes out is the rankings. And what I like to do is look at his rankings versus, like, what seed they are in the tournament. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, if if his ranked team in his rankings is a really high-ranked team and their seed is not so great because nobody knows who the hell they are, um, that's usually worth looking at. And the opposite is true too. So, like, if there's a high known, well known team that he's focused on this year, just the stats, and they're they're not as great as their name is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're supposed to go against them. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be playing some college basketball.
0: That's some pretty good due diligence there, Richie. It's better than uh, just liking a mascot. And yeah, going with
2: that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or color, right. right? Wait till you see him at the horse track. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah. of, uh, uh, horses start
1: uh, early here in Nevada. Uh, they start 12 30 on the East Coast, so I have to get uh, my my papers up and look for today's action. Are you still an owner? I'm still an owner. Uh, we're in the breeding business now, which is a different game altogether. Wow. We have a baby, we have a baby horse.
0: Monkey business, oh. horse business.
1: Yeah, I mean. Back in the we, day, we have we have uh, high hopes for our little guy. He just he's about to turn one. He's with his mom on the farm, and uh, the dad got shipped to Asia. It's okay. We gave him a nice parting gift. I didn't know the dad. I own the mom and the and the baby, and uh, we're we're debating on what to do with the boy. Like, is he going to be a runner for us, or are we going to put him in the auction? We'll see.
2: You know, back when. Uh, the good old days when uh when you when you when richie would have a horse running at saratoga mm. and, you know beautiful saratogas you remember the time we went up there and i i would wear i would wear my seersucker jacket
1: oh yeah
2: and we'd sit in the you sit in the owner's box we went you know? we went into eric's like high fancy convertible <laughs> car too <laughs> <was a> <laughs> that's when we used to make real money <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just have to say because I don't know if I'm gonna like remember this. Have you have you seen V for Vendetta? No, well, there's a character. Oh, goddamn, it's not gonna be funny then. There's, a, seen ca- there's a character in there named Creedy who's kind of like the bag man for the prime minister of, of Britain. And Eric, the way you're coming in and out of the shadows here with the bald oh. head,
2: <laughs> yeah, I gotta, yeah. <laughs>
0: You look just like the guy.
2: <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know how to fix this. This is, this is who I am. I back up. I come in. I'm ro, I'm ro hit. I pull out. Name I'm, vo, I'm vo gang. Every time you go in and out, you're, right. in a, you're going to a different guy. Right. I didn't yeah, understand
0: I didn't. it was part of your artistic expression, but now you know. I'll let it. I'll let it live.
2: Well, you know, if we if we get better, I'll get a lighting crew in here and we'll figure it out.
0: Love it. All right, guys great episode okay have fun in san antonio have fun in vegas and we'll see you again next week